Hey, I'm Jackson Musker. I'm the intern for Dinner Party Download, and I'm actually here today to remind you that if you're a fan of the DPD, you can contribute at our website. Just go to www.dinnerpartydownload.org. Your contribution could also theoretically make it possible for me to earn a living wage. Um, but just don't give too much because then Rico and Brendan are going to buy that robot they've been threatening to replace me with. So give, but just not not a lot. Jackson, you know what I mean? Jackson, what are you uh, doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Not, not, I'm not. Read the thing. Hey, everybody, just give whatever you want. Here's your icebreaker. This is a Henny Youngman joke. A drunk was in front of a judge. The judge says, you've been brought here for drinking. The drunk says, okay, let's get started. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan, and from American Public Media, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that equips you with everything you need to win this weekend's dinner party. Our icebreaker this week came from Jesse Pearson. He is the editor-in-chief of Vice Magazine. The Vice Empire. Big time. The opposite of virtue. And coming up, filmmaker Spike Jones, pet insurance, a snack is born, the ruthless spud, grilled cheese delivery, and wild nothing. But first, here's something. Small talk. So, Brendan, the news this week was all about recalls. Total recall. Exactly. O- almost. We all heard about eggs, that you can't eat those anymore for the salmonella. Hopefully egg beaters are okay. Toyotas were calling over a million cars because their engines stall. I can't recall a time when they weren't recalling cars, <laughs> actually. <laughs> and Johnson & Johnson is recalling hip replacements. So basically, if you're like an old person who likes breakfast and sensible cars, yes. you've had the worst week <laughs> Ever. What like Sucks what do you do you. while you're waiting for your hip replacement? Yoga. I guess. Just jam a stick in there. Anyway, we decided to recall those headlines yes. and replace them with some lesser known stories from our friends here at Marketplace. George Judson, managing editor, what story are you gonna be talking about this weekend? Eyelashes for cars. At last. What are you talking about? A company is selling fake eyelashes that you put on top of your headlight. It's just like putting flames in your car. Except totally uncool. But why not? I, I guess so. I... Why not have car tattoos? <laughs> That's true. You can give you it a have car body piercing. Oh, I have those. Uh, a bad parallel Parker gave me those for free. Stacy Vanek-Smith, senior reporter for Marketplace. What story are you going to be talking about this weekend? Apparently, people hate unselfish coworkers. This explains my popularity here at Marketplace. <laughs> yes. Uh, apparently, a study from Washington State University found coworkers who always volunteer for things and are always volunteering to do extra work, people hate them. So, do gooders actually undermine the performance of a company? Exactly. So, you should leave early and do as little as possible. See, I told you I was an exemplary employee here. <laughs> you should get a raise. Patty Hirsch, senior editor, what story are you going to be talking about this weekend? The Pet Insurance Awards. Do explain. Well, there's a pet insurance company that gives awards out for the most outrageous claims that people make for their animals. All right, and the winner is? Well, let me tell you what didn't win. The border collie that dived through a plate glass window to get at a mailman. (laughs) And then the winner was a a Labrador that ate this beehive that was chock full of pesticides and thousands of dead bees. Oh, my. They recovered, right? Yes, of course. Insurance kicked in and helped them out. And what did our winner receive? The bronze trophy in the shape of a ham. Good dog. And now, time for cocktails. This is the part of the show where we tell you something that happened this week in history, then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like history lunged off a cliff, grabbed a rope swing, and let itself go into a refreshing lake of booze. 
Just in time for the Labor Day holiday. First, the history part. This week, back in 1853, the potato chip was invented. Your dinner party guests might think they know how it happened. Our friend Michelle Phillippe's here to tell you the real story. Chef George Crumb thought he was God's gift to cuisine, but he's remembered for a snack even he never said he invented. The myth goes like this. Crumb was a chef at a fancy restaurant in Saratoga Springs, New York, and he wasn't exactly humble. He bragged he could take anything and make it delicious. But one night, a guest had the nerve to suggest Crumb's french fries weren't crispy enough. Enraged, Crumb fried potato slices until you couldn't even stab them with a fork and then drowned them in salt. It was the culinary equivalent of a middle finger. But Crumb's customer loved the new dish, and thus was born one of the world's most popular snacks. It's all true, except probably the inventing part. Crumb never took credit for potato chips. They're not even mentioned in his obituary. The more likely inventor, his sister Katie, when she knocked tater slices into frying oil while making crullers. Which would mean Crumb's genius idea was simply to serve her accident to the customers. So that was the history lesson. Now it's time for the booze. I'm on the line with David Frederick. He is a bartender at Nine Maple, a bar in Saratoga Springs, New York. So David, you heard the history lesson. What cocktail did that inspire you to make? Uh, it actually inspired me to make the Ruthless Spud. <laughs> the yeah. Ruthless Spud? As a, as a cook and a restaurant person, I'm used to uh, sometimes people getting angry. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, the ingredients, actually, you take a cocktail shaker and you throw uh, three slices of cucumbers in there. All right. A thinly sliced piece of rustic potato. Okay. And then you throw a dash of uh, olive juice in there. Mmm, sounds like a V8. Yeah, an adult V8. Yeah, instead of correcting somebody walking sideways, it'll make you walk sideways. Yeah, my cocktails do have that uh, effect on people. (laughs) And then, of course, you would have to muddle that all up together. Okay. The really healthy part comes in now. You put, like, three ounces of uh, Chopin potato vodka in there. Of course. I was waiting for the potato vodka. Yep, that's the part. (laughs) And then just, like, shake it all up. So it's like a dirty potato martini in a way. Yeah, pretty much. It starts off like a cucumber sandwich. And then as your uh, taste buds develop with that, and it sits for a little bit, it actually turns into a potato chip at the very end. So, and do you serve snacks at your bar? Oh, yeah, we have a bowl of peanuts. So, Rico, while listening to that story, I couldn't help but wonder how other snack foods were invented, you know, besides the potato chip. Like? Particularly Red Hot Cheetos, (laughs) a a favorite around the office. That does, it it is an odd thing. Did someone send, like, packing foam back and say, you know what, could you make these brighter red? (laughs) Can you please make sure they hurt me? <laughs> yeah. I think I think we got it. That's probably how it happened. I think you're right. You know what, gang? If you know any secret snack origins, you can contact us through our website, dinnerpartydownload.org. Our guest of honor this week is Spike Jones. He made some of the most unique and influential rock. rock. What? What? Nothing. <laughs> you're reading along. No, um, I was more trying to be your flavor flave. What? You want to be my, my rap backup man? Yeah, you do it again. I'll, I'll, I'll be your favorite. Okay. Our guest of honor this week, week is Spike Jones. He made some of the most unique and influential rock, rock videos and movies of the last 15 years or so, including Being John Malkovich, Malkovich. and Where the Wild, Wild Things Are, and he's just published, published a book. There Are Many of us. us. It's about the creation of his short film, 
I'm here. And Spike, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's actually a deluxe DVD book CD soundtrack experience happening. All right. Now, for those who have not seen the movie, can you do me the hard work of synopsizing it? Uh, it's a 30-minute short film that I made, and it's a robot love story is the sort of simplest way to explain it. It is about robots and love, but it is not, you know, a big budget science fiction thing at all. It's very humble, and it unfolds like a romance between young people. Do you like this band? Um, do you like bands? I, I mean, I mean... <laughs> You're an easy one. Do you like music? Yes, yes, yes. I love music, yes. <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> Music is really beautiful. This must have been a big change coming off of Where the Wild Things Are, which took five years or something to make? Yeah, that Where the Wild Things Are, I don't think we thought was going to take five years. I was in naive denial. Um, but we did this right afterwards, and this was sort of like a real freeing thing. Just started it and jumped in and went where it took me. And uh, it was nice to you know start something and finish something in a few months. Yeah, it really wasn't a meticulously plotted process. You went into this without even having a full script. Yeah, we, we had a beginning and an end that felt very sound, but the details of how we got there and you know what the scenes were and who the characters were evolved a lot. But obviously that also leaves a lot of possibility for things to go like horribly wrong. Did you have any nightmare scenarios on the set? The, the only nightmare scenario was that we hadn't really left enough time to design the robots, and we were kind of finishing them right before we shot. And then even once we were on set, we hadn't figured out a lot of the way the robots were going to work. You know, we just kind of had to wing it. Which gives it a quality that I actually I see in a lot of your movies, this homemade quality that's even in Where the Wild Things Are, which is this multi-billion dollar <laughs> movie. Not quite that much. But w what's so important to you about maintaining that? Yeah, Where the Wild Things Are, we only spent $1 billion on that. <laughs> um, whatever's the most immediate and quick way to get to what you want it to feel like is what I always go for. And I think that everything else sort of serves that idea. The, uh, we always ask two questions of everybody who comes on the show. The first question is, if we are seated next to you at a dinner party, what question should we not ask you? Um, when you're working on a project, you get one question over and over again. Yeah. Like where the wild things are, it was like, how did you turn such a short book of 200 words into a 90-minute movie? <laughs> and there's obviously no answer to that other than like, hey, check it out. I can't remember. I, I blocked out what I, however I answered that one. All right, the second question is the flip of that. Tell us something we don't know, something that you have not shared in interviews that will dazzle people at a dinner party. If I share this with you, will you not tell anybody? Except for everybody who listens to the show. Okay, I don't have any toes. <laughs> I don't think that's true, because I saw you walk upstairs just now. Can you? Are you going to prove it to me? Take off your shoes? No. <laughs> you have to trust me. This is That's what journalism is based on, trust. Actually, it's kind of based on the assumption that you're lying. <laughs> Okay. Yo, Jameson. Rico, do you hear that behind the music? Do you hear that? Uh, no. That's the sound of thousands of aspiring filmmakers cutting their toes off, <laughs> despite their spite, despite their face. Don't do it, <laughs> everybody. This is the man who co-created Jackass. There's nothing he would like more than to see just toes snow raining down. Just save a couple toes. Uh, our Facebook page, however, is perfectly safe, ladies and gentlemen. You'll find a link to it at dinnerpartydownload.org. Sorry.
So we heard from our guest of honor. Now it's time for the main course, the part of the show where we learn about food. Our favorite part. Yay. Not to play favorites. So, Rico, in some cities there are these very special delivery services yes. where you get a cell phone number from a friend or a friend of a friend, and when you text it, a guy brings weed to your door. I never heard of that. Neither have I. And I definitely didn't know a guy who did it for a living from 98 to about 2003. Totally. This is not how we met. But look, in the Lower East Side, one gentleman goes simply by the name of Ronnie, okay, and he delivers grilled cheese. Which is kind of a drug. Sort of, yeah. I'm addicted. But it's more deadly, which is why his identity is cloaked in secrecy. Right. He, does, he doesn't advertise, but through some rigorous reporting... Twitter. Exactly. I was able to track him down. Okay, I'm here on location in the Lower East Side... I just texted this number, and I just told him where I was, and I'm waiting to hear back. Oh, I just got a text back. He says, I'm on a delivery. Be there in 15 minutes. All right. I can wait. So it's been about 10 minutes, and now every time I look around, I think I see Ronnie. Is Ronnie a kid with alabaster legs that look like lollipop sticks riding a skateboard? Is Ronnie riding a bike with a cast on one leg <laughs> and a bandana? Hey, how's it going? You're Ronnie? Yeah. Do you have this stuff? I do. I have the stuff right here for you. We didn't even talk about price. Price? This is a $5 sandwich. You have change for 10 Yeah. yeah. What, what kind of dealer would I be without change? Look at all that. How many grilled cheese have you moved today? Today, done like 50. Do you mind sitting while, before I snack on this? So how did this get started? Basically, I was making a grilled cheese for all my buddies when we'd come back after a night out. And they loved it and told their friends, and their friends just kind of spread the word. And it grew bigger just by word of mouth. And so then how did that turn into, like, people texting you randomly and press about this? So the press happened because my brother's girlfriend used to be in PR, and she contacted Urban Daddy. And they ate it up. And so Literally? <laughs> yeah. Pun intended. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this out. It's really nice bread. Yep. What kind of bread is this? this is, uh, that's, what do I have? Rye there from Blue Ribbon Bakery. And we have Granny Smith apples and gooey cheddar cheese. And a whole lot of cheddar cheese. Excellent. And it's still hot. Yeah. Your kitchen must be, I, don't, I know you're not going to tell me, but your kitchen must be pretty close. It's pretty close. And I did a couple laps around the block trying to find you. So what's next? Next I'm looking to get into a legal kitchen. For example, a restaurant that isn't open for lunch. I would rent it out from them and just work the lunch shift, delivering sandwiches everywhere. You know how people are really picky in restaurants? Has anyone, like, sent you back? <laughs> I've gotten nothing but good feedback. Isn't that part of it, though? Because you get away with a lot because it's such a clever setup that this sandwich could suck and I would still be tickled. Definitely. The product still has to be good, but even if it's not excellent, people are still probably going to like it. So when are you going to be able to reveal your identity? Once I get into a legal kitchen. So why Ronnie? Well, it's the perfect pseudonym because it's my name also. <laughs> Clever, see? I knew I was an ace reporter and I could get that out of you. Ronnie, you're under arrest. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh-oh. <laughs> whole, our whole website is a sham. This is all this, we've been working on this for two years, this case. We finally cracked it. Wow. You guys were working on this before I even started. That's right. That's how good we are. It's like Minority Report for food. Excellent work, man. Thanks, man. You cracked him like a nut. Thanks. That's, it's like, it was like Watergate with cheese. It was you know? great to watch. I'm really proud. Insta but instead of Deep Throat, I met a guy named Ronnie. <laughs> Pulitzer, here I come. Don't you let that go down. No, no. <laughs> and that's the Dinner Party download for this week. Thanks to Jackson Musker, Elisa Roth, Sarah Burton, and Family Bookstore. And we leave you, as always, with One for the Road, a tune to play on your way to or departing from this weekend's dinner party. This week, the song is called Golden Haze. The band is called Wild Nothing. 
It's from a self-titled EP that they'll be releasing next month. Bon appétit. Rico Galliano. And I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. You know, Rico, I was thinking, yeah. what if we did the same thing as the grilled cheese guy? All right. Except instead of sandwiches, we deliver expertly curated information with a smile. That's interesting. You know? But we send it directly to people's MB3 players. Yes. And we don't charge them a thing. Good idea. Thanks. But here's the thing. I'm sure they would totally insist on paying. I mean, where would they even do that? Dinnerpartydownload.org.